listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenologyclub. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Hello. Can you hear me? It is I, Buttress of New Jersey, wishing you a happy Friday early evening, at least from the East Coast, where in Eastern time. It's Friday evening. TGIF. Uh, what's up? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Give me a sign. I just want to make sure. I don't know why I feel paranoid right now, even though I see the levels moving, that people can't hear me. Anyway. Hello! Welcome to Phenomenology Club. Our podcast series for Phenomenology Club called Talk About It. And I wasn't planning on doing a live stream today. I mean, I'm not often planning on doing a live stream anyway. Is it loud enough? I don't know. I like to leave it like lower because sometimes I go, bah! Bah! I don't want it to clip. I want you to feel the full range of that, bah! That one clipped a little bit. Um, I wasn't planning on doing a live stream. I don't really ever plan on it. Just wing it. But... I wanted to do a live stream today, definitely, to let you all know, if any of you only listen on YouTube, that now we're live on Spotify and also four major platforms because I signed up with that Anchor podcasting service, which is free. I'm just like giving them so much fucking free promo right now. Who, who knows if they're even a good company? I don't fucking know. All I know is that I'm not going to pay $15 a month to talk some shit and do a fucking microphone like what so i went with them uh because they like distribute your shit to major platforms for free and as far as i know right now it's live phenomenology club is now live on some shit called breaker whatever the fuck that is they have a little logo looks like a camera shutter i don't know why because i assume it's a podcasting service so why do they have a fucking camera shutter logo beats me we're on Google Podcasts as of today, Friday, the something, November 15th, Spotify, and Anchor. And I guess when it gets added to more places, it's going to be updated on the Anchor site with links, which is anchor.fm slash phenomenology dash club. That like uppercase dash, that dash more in the middle. So how's everybody doing? How the fuck are you guys i asked the twitterverse i'm always talking about twitter that's so lame i just love twitter it's like it's like my window to the world especially because since i live in the middle of nowhere and i have no human interaction i like twitter because hold on 
having trouble. I like Twitter because there's always people there. It's fast. And I need speed. You know, I used to like like to like get into discussions on Facebook and stuff, but people don't answer fast enough. It's like, I want to fight. I want to fucking fight. I don't want to wait three days for your response. Let's go. I like Twitter because it's just instant gratification. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I asked Twitter and got some instant gratification. What we should talk about today. I wanted to ask the crowd, the audience, my club, my family. You're all my family. I fucking love you. Join me. Be with me. I love you. Your family doesn't love you. Leave them. Leave them. Um, What we should talk about. And two separate people brought up the industry, which... Honestly, I don't know why anyone asks me about the industry. Like, I'm a fucking nobody. And even if I weren't, like, I feel like maybe (laughs) my relationship with the industry is, like, marked by hating it. So maybe that's why people ask, actually. So I could definitely talk about that. But then someone else also asked about the tortured artist. Talking about the tortured artist, which I can definitely (gasps) relate to. But this is something fun to think about. Um, oh, and by the way, someone already mentioned they thought when I with the title "Suffering for Art" that uh, it made them think of Marina Abramovic's famous piece. I believe it's the piece that made her famous, where she was in the um, what museum was it? Let's look it up real quick because that's what we do. Listen to how fast I type. You ready? I'm gonna type. I already typed Marina. I'm gonna type Abramovic. Ready? Boom! What was the piece? But basically, during this piece, um, oh, it's called Rhythm Zero. Where did she do it? It's from 1974. Six hour work of performance art by Yugoslav artist Marina Abramovic in Studio Mora, Naples. Why did I think it was in like a New York museum? I don't know. I believe it's the piece that catapulted her to fame. And basically during this piece, she like had different people, um, basically had the audience at the gallery do whatever the fuck they wanted to her. There was like a gun there. I think, I don't think it was loaded, but I think they had um, bullets separate. And I believe somebody loaded the chamber and held it to her head or something. I'm sure it was a dude. Let's just be real. Sorry, sorry, had to. Um, Someone cut her. That was probably a dude, too. Just saying. Um, <laughs> people did some stuff. Pretty. That was a pretty ballsy piece, you know. I feel like people wouldn't do that today. Because, you know, someone would definitely go in and shoot someone. Well, speaking of shooting people, I decided to use the picture in the thumbnail of Chris Burden instead. What was his piece called? Someone in here so they don't know who Chris Burden is. Chris Burden is pretty much the only good performance artist ever. He's famous for... No, I'm just kidding. There's some good performance art. Not a lot of it, but... There's some, like Chris Burden. Chris Burden um, basically just went into a gallery and gave his friend a gun and had his friend shoot him. <laughs> Which is just like the best art piece ever. Like, can you imagine being at that gallery? Like, hey, what's going on? Oh, Chris Burden, never heard of him. He's going to do a piece for us. Boom! (laughs) Like, what? Chris Burden died, I think, like, last year, the year before. Rest in peace. We love you, Chris Burden. I was thinking about when he died. I'm like, do you think Chris Burden had health insurance? There's no way. (laughs) 
anyone in America gave this man health insurance? Could you deny him that? Could you be like, hey, we heard that you're an artist that like shoots yourself, has friend your friends shoot you in galleries? I don't know. But hold on, let's see. What was the name of that piece? Hmm. Chris Burden shot in the name of art in iconic performance. Shot in the name of art. Sounds like a Bon Jovi song or some shit. Okay, so his friend shot him in the arm. It was in 1971 and it was called Shoot. <laughs> Not in love with the title, but you know what? It's a great piece. Um, happened at F Space in Santa Ana, California. Great job, Chris. <laughs> love you. Rest in peace. Um, so now you know about Chris Burden. Look him up. He's great. I love that kind of shit. I mean, before we get onto the topic, uh, I, for me, performance art has to be one of two things. It either has to be absurd and hilarious, like that piece we just discussed. I don't really like take, I don't like performance art that takes itself too seriously because I just like can't take it seriously, you know? Like even, even Mar Marina Abramovic's piece, I mean... Uh, I just don't like it for my own reasons, but it was ballsy. Got to give her that. So that's cool. Like someone held a gun to her head. I'm with it. I'm sure that was a tense moment for people in the gallery. I don't know. I don't know how what I would do if I saw that. I think I would probably like interact. Then again, maybe not because you're like, shit, is this guy going to shoot me? But I also don't know how to remove myself in the context of 2019 where like everyone's shooting each other. So whole different ball game. But, um, <laughs> purposely getting shot by your friends is a pre-existing condition, says Delilah. Yeah, that's what I wonder. Like, you think, like, United Healthcare, <laughs> they, like, knew about this? They're like, no, dude. We're not giving you health insurance. But is it legal to, like, deny everyone health Like, I don't know. I don't want to get, get into that. What was I just saying? Oh, yeah. Performance art has to be one of two things. It has to be absurd and hilarious, which is why I love Chris Burden. And I also love Shia LaBeouf's performance art because even though I have a feeling that he's an idiot and takes himself way too seriously, he's one of a few people that I think, like, can pull off something absurdly hilarious, even though I think I think it's probably hilarious and absurd for reasons maybe he doesn't. But, like, that performance piece where he just, like, sat in a theater and watched his own films for, like, 48 hours and you could just go watch it. Like, you're, like, going to the fucking MoMA and, like, watching Holes and Shia LaBeouf is just sitting there silently eating popcorn. <laughs> like, that's hilarious to me. I wish I could have made it. So that's great. And I'm a fan of, like, that guy from that band, Hantarash. Hanatarash. What is it? Hantarash, or is there an extra A? Am I missing an A? Hanatarash, right. I was right. I was right. Uh, this one guy from this band, Hanatarash, I think it had some members of Boredoms. Anyway, they had a show, and the guy just like shows up with like a fucking with like a fucking bulldozer and like drives into the venue from outside. He just like knocked the wall over. I think he got arrested. They also like brought bombs to their shows and stuff. You know, that's like the noise scene. Um, you guys know about Eugenics Council? I don't think they're even allowed to play anywhere anymore. But this band Eugenics Council always, like, brought bombs to their shows. I think they also mailed out one of their albums with Anthrax or something. <laughs> like, that shit, I know. It's probably, like, this is my... I'm still an edgelord. I'm a recovering edgelord. So, like, that shit is just still hilarious to me. I love it. 
and I think even if I got mailed anthrax, I would fucking laugh. I would love that. Like, I don't have health insurance or anything, but that shit's just great to me. I love that shit. But if it's not going to be funny and absurdly hilarious, I need my performance art to just be, like, literally a performance and a good performance, you know? Like, I'm friends with a lot of people who do, like, butoh dancing, which is, like, a style of Japanese horror dance that I believe comes from the 80s, post-war Japan. I forget the name of the man who started it, but it's really an amazing form of performance. And I have quite a few friends that are into it. They kind of, like, got me into performance art a little bit. I perform with them sometimes. And I gotta say, like, they're really amazing performers. So... If the performance itself is good, then, like, yeah, you know. But shit just, like, showing up, like, Marina Abramovic sitting in a room and staring at people, like, nah, nah. What's the fucking point? Do something ridiculous. Bring a to the Met and just... Oh, shit. I shouldn't say this on YouTube. Um, Tilda Swinton, like, tried to fucking do performance art, too. That wasn't funny. Like, you're Tilda Swinton. Do something funny. (laughs) she like was napping in a glass case at the moma tilda stop tilda's a cool ass actress though so whatever at least she did that but i don't know i don't think it even works for every celebrity i work for shia or shia however the fuck you say his name because he's ridiculous to begin with and his movies are ridiculous like it wouldn't really be funny if tilda swinton sat and watched her movies because her movies are like serious and generally taken pretty seriously but there's just something hilarious to me about like watching movies with Shia LaBeouf at the MoMA and the movies are like Holes and Disturbia (laughs) all the PG-13 bangers oh wait Holes isn't PG-13 is it someone says hello upload your performance art I love you yeah I I need to it was three hours long I have the video and I'm like ugh And I'm in and out of it. I don't know how to edit it. I mean, I could talk to the other members of the performance and see if they care if I just upload the three-hour-long thing. But who the fuck is going to watch that? Maybe I'll do it and make time codes or something. But I kind of want to edit it into something nice. But anyway, let's get on topic. (laughs) We're already 13 minutes in. I mean, we've already been speaking about suffering for art. But let's try to get deep. If we can. I mean, I don't really think I even, like, have a strong opinion here. So I was kind of apprehensive to, like, try to tackle this topic. But this is Phenomenology Club. And anybody who listened to our What the Fuck is Phenomenology upload will know that we approach philosophy from the understanding that all of these concepts we are dealing with ultimately are created with language, right? And... We only access them through our perception, right? So we are all here as perceptive beings. Speaking about suffering for art, I think the first thing we should do is define the terms, right? What is suffering? Anybody, what is suffering? I'll ask the internet while you ponder. Okay, I have us a definition. Suffering. A noun. The state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship. Okay, just as I suspected. (laughs) I had a hunch. 
And what is art? What is art? I have a very, uh, I have a definition, but let's ask the internet. I think me and the internet's definition of art is actually pretty similar. What is art dictionary? Give me the fucking dictionary definition. I don't want to know what Google thinks. Google has like a thing. It's like, what's the definition of art? And art's like, Google, Google's like, art's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> Google, fuck off. Get out of here. You're not even a person. You're a fucking asshole. Alright. I was like, I'm art in the dictionary. The quality, production, expression, or realm. What? Bitch. According to aesthetic principles of what is beautiful, appealing, or of more than ordinary significance. That's the worst definition of art I've ever heard. This isn't even the real dictionary. Where's the real dictionary? Miriam. Miriam Webster. Let's ask the real dictionary because that was stupid. That was the dumbest definition of art I've ever heard in my life. All right. <sighs> Here we go. This makes much more sense. This is something I agree with. Tell me if you agree with it. Though we're not going to talk about what is art. We're going to talk about suffering for art. Art. The conscious use of skill and creative imagination, especially in the production of aesthetic objects. Boom. That's it. That's it. Look. We know what art is. It was so easy. Why does everyone sit around being like, what's art? Is it really art? Is it art if, like, I don't want it to be art? Is it art if it's, like, not, like, good looking? Like, it's fucking, if someone makes it and makes it to be art and is like, this is my art, it's art. Like, it's not that deep. Art is not this mystical, spiritual thing. It's just fucking art. Like, if it's bad art, it's bad art. It's not that deep. So let's get over it. So anyway, suffering... <laughs> is the state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship for art, which is an aesthetic creation. What do you guys think about suffering for art? <laughs> the person who prompted me to make this title wrote in quotations, the tortured artist. There's definitely this idea that I think, I mean, I would be interested in hearing from a person smarter than myself maybe a historian or such who can trace back the lineage of this concept that good things require suffering do you guys think that good things require suffering i think the idea that good things require some amount of suffering is founded on the idea that good things require work and effort, right? And most good things don't really come about, like, with little effort, right? Can you guys think of any examples? I'm trying to think. I can't really think of, like, something that I hold in high esteem that was created by another human that required, like, no effort, you know? Maybe there's some people who are like autistic savants that like with very little effort can pull off amazing feats of genius, especially like crazy math equations and stuff. But they're special, yo. They got superpowers. So for the rest of us, like I would say I think 
Good things usually do require some amount of effort, and effort usually requires some amount of hardship, and hardship usually results in some kind of suffering, right? But I think people definitely get, like, aesthetic with this idea, you know? People definitely, like, get too hung up in this idea, like, redemption through suffering. We're going to be we're going to forge greatness out the fucking flames. Like, this idea is very... I call it Dostoevskin. Because I remember in 10th grade, I believe it was, we had to read Crime and Punishment. And I don't even remember if this is, like, actually a big theme in the book. I mean, I'm sure it is. But I just remember, like, our teacher, like, made it the central theme of the book. I really don't remember much. But this idea that, like... What's the main guy's name? I'm sure one of you know. It's a famous book. He basically comes to be redeemed through this, like, incredibly traumatic series of events. But he also killed someone, so, like, I don't know. But to be honest, low-effort art doesn't require suffrage, like this podcast, for example. Excuse me? Excuse me? <laughs> Are you trying to fight? How dare you? First of all... It's true. This is easy for me to do, and it's fun, and that's why I do it. But I am suffering too, okay? I gotta fucking make a thumbnail. I gotta buy it on YouTube. I gotta buy it on Spotify. I gotta buy it. I mean, this is not a piece of art, though. Or is it? Is it if you say it is? Well, what a dilemma. I say it's not, and I'm the one making it. What if you say it's art? I mean, you just did say it's art. Oh, fuck. Now what? I think you could say it might have like artistic qualities. This is something I was talking about someone with someone recently. Like they're trying to have this whole discussion about like what is art, you know, and someone brought up just like tradesmanship, like people who make leather wallets, for example, you know, they serve a function wallets like you buy them to do a thing, a very specific thing. And they exist for a very utility purpose. But obviously, like there is artistry involved in the making of this thing. And I think there's artistry involved in the making of, like, most objects, you know? Like, people don't just, like, design a thing and they're like, whatever, it works. Like, you gotta sell your thing. And to sell your thing, you wanna make it aesthetically pleasing. Like, even the chair I'm sitting in, you know? This chair obviously exists to be a chair and to sell to someone as a chair so someone can sit in it. But even this chair, like, somebody thought about what it should look like. What should we make it look like aesthetically? I would say that it has qualities of art. Art art making. It's an artsy-ass chair. It's really not. It's actually like super utility. But I don't really have any contentious ideas here. I gotta be honest. I think that suffering is usually not required to do a great thing. I wouldn't put it that way. But I think that most great things require effort you know and effort usually requires suffering but this leads to an interesting idea too you know because it's like well I think about myself like I am somebody who notoriously stays up for days on end working on shit that like I might not even ever show to the public like I'm just in here doing stuff because I love art and I want to make it and I definitely make myself suffer and it's like 
is this necessary? I don't think so. And I like to do it. If I didn't like to do it, I wouldn't do it. So yeah, I'm suffering, but I'm also doing it because I enjoy it, you know. I think suffering for art is... It's kind of like working out, you know. When you go to the gym, no one's making you. No one's holding a gun to your head like you were Marina Abramovic over at Rhythm Zero. And making you go to the gym. You go because you want to, but you know it's going to fucking hurt. But you also are doing it with a goal, a hypothetical goal. A goal you might, you know you might never achieve. You know you might not go to the gym tomorrow and do it again, you know. Uh, But you keep going. That's suffering for something. Would you say, I mean, that's, 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 you're doing it because you want to, right? This is why we make art. We suffer for art, but we suffer willingly. So, should it even be called suffering if it's self-inflicted? That's an interesting question. Charles Canton says, Well, here's a question. Does the product come out better if the artist has suffered a fuck ton or if the artist hasn't suffered at all? Well, you're speaking about a specific art piece? Because... I think, like, just thinking of the example of working out, like, something I've noticed in my own artistic practice, as someone who's been at it for a minute now, I kind of feel like it is, like, working out really is a great analogy because as time goes on, like, I do all this suffering, I stay up for days, I don't even put the thing out because I decide I fucking hate it, even though I suffered for months to make it, and then... And then later on, I feel like I make better things with like what feels like minimal effort. But I know that it's not really minimal effort. It's all the years I put into suffering for other stuff, you know. I'm not going to say that that was necessary, that suffering was a necessary thing. But I have to say, like, I'm kind of grateful for all the suffering I did, you know. It's like suffering at the gym. I'm sure the fucking jack guys are grateful that their puny ass got up and went to the gym every day for years. And now they can just fucking pick up shit and throw it around like it was nothing. Not if the creation of your art is what is causing you to... Wait, let's read these. Tuesday. No, because whether or not you enjoy it, you're still suffering in some sort of way. Budra stays up for days. Her body is suffering from lack of sleep. I mean, that's true. Dylan, not if the creation of your art is what is causing you to suffer. Like, externally, there does not have to be suffering there. There doesn't have to, but there is, says Tuesday. Hmm. I mean, this is just a great illustration, I think. Not to be like, hey, who knows? But, like, I really do think that (laughs) here we're at an impasse, or impasse, I don't know how this word is pronounced, I don't really use it ever verbally, I use it writtenly, but, I mean, what really is, is it really, is a concept like suffering really gonna perfectly map onto reality? I don't think so. Just like art cannot map perfectly onto reality, you know, some people insist on calling a tree art like go for it guy (laughs) you know we're like we're like 
Like this podcast we were just talking about. Someone else might call it art. I say it's not art. But someone might say it is art because it has artistic qualities. And even though I just raised the example of the chair also having artistic qualities, they might say, well, the chair and the podcast are both art. And it's all art. And everything is art, you know. Christians believe that all of nature is art because it was created by a conscious being with intelligence and intentionality. I mean, they're wrong, obviously, but just saying, like, it's kind of, I feel like the word art is almost like the word good, you know? Like, what does good really mean? Good doesn't really mean anything. It's just kind of to, like, show you this, like, relative thing. I mean, I think art has, like, a strict fixed definition but I also think that like depending on the context it will kind of like be altered you know like to talk about the wallet again or to talk about fashion fashion is a great example of a thing that's like we're talking about this in phenomenology club with minced minced get in here she's in a whole different time zone she's probably not hearing me but if she is I love you minced you genius ass bitch anyway um she was talking about fashion. We were all talking about fashion. Fashion is a good example of a thing that's like kind of confusing at presentation. Like, what does this exist for? You know, it's like clearly clothes exist to be worn, you know, but like also clearly in high fashion, like the pieces being made and presented, like I'm pretty sure most of them never become worn by like anyone in everyday use maybe like some celebrity will wear it to like a red carpet event and like you know pictures galore or whatever the fuck but like fashion it's like it's like art like it seems to exist just to like be seen but it also exists like as this thing that has a very everyday use it has a you know a clear function but I don't think that that makes it less art. This is what I was saying when we had this discussion because even to consider, even to compare fashion to like a painting that hangs on the wall, right? It's like, can you say fashion is less art than a painting just because fashion serves a clear functional purpose? I don't think so. I think clothes are just seen more as like a utility and everyday thing that maybe it's harder to see them as art but a painting is also a thing that serves a functional purpose you know you buy a painting you hang it on the fucking wall like it doesn't just exist like as art a painting is also a material thing that exists with some sort of functional purpose you know it seems more like art because the purpose of the painting is to be looked at and to be considered and judged for its aesthetic properties, which is the definition of art. But does that make the painting pure art, dude? Is the painting pure art? No. No. Because you could pick the painting up and put it on a wall. Put it on a wall in the dentist's office. Put it on a wall in the classroom. Put it on a wall in church. A lot of paintings just exist to be put on a fucking wall and never even looked at. They're just filler. They're just there. They're just wasting air except they don't breathe but same fucking idea all right let's read some of these comments the only thing that this is dealing the only thing that throws me off suffering meaning good art is art in the name of love people who make art for admiration well are the two mutually exclusive dylan i mean like i i mean isn't everyone who suffers for art suffering for art because they love art I mean, I hate art, too. I love and hate art. 
art at the same time. It's quite, quite the feeling. I love it. Like whenever I see a good work of art, I just want to destroy it. Utterly destroy it. I want to annihilate it. Do you guys touch paintings at the museum? I touch them, but it's not because like, oh, I love you. It's like, I feel like I'm in competition with it. Not even with the artist. Like I'm in competition with the painting. Like I see it. I'm just like, ooh, I like you. I'm going to I'm going to desecrate you. I'm going to get the oil from my fingertips and I'm going to rub it on you. And I hope that you degrade, you fucking awesome, amazing piece of art. I'm going to punch you. I'm going to rip you off this wall. I'm going to destroy you. It sounds ridiculous, but I know that a lot of people relate to this idea. So whoever you are out there, I see you. We are one in the same. Us, together, forever. Join, join me. Your family doesn't love you. Holy shit, we got a heavy comment. Should I read it? YouTube's YouTube doesn't monetize us anyway, but will they kick us off? They have all these new rules like, is your content made for children? And I already said no, and now they ask me on every upload. Like, YouTube, just because you are suck at like monitoring content like made by pedophiles or whatever the hell is going on on YouTube, like, don't make the rest of us suffer for your incompetence. Suffer. Sulfur, keyword of the day. Okay, I'll say it. Sibu Tremaine just gave a loaded comment when they said Columbine was the biggest form of suffering for art. What the fuck does that mean? We got another edgelord in here. Sibu Matrine, are you in eugenics council? While you answer this, <laughs> I'm scared to see the answer. Dylan said... Well, I think to call something like, oh, you answered to the Columbine thing. Well, I want to know what Cebu Matrine meant by that, if you want to answer us, or maybe you're just trolling. Cammy, Hello, Cammy. IMO, the purer the art, the stronger relationship between the viewer and the artist. I definitely tend to agree with that, Cammy. Like, we were just talking about painting and how, like, it's easier for people to see paintings as art versus fashion as art because even though you could argue they do both have some sort of functional utility, like, the painting exists more for the purpose of simply being art, you know? People make paintings all the time just to be art, you know? And the fact that it's, like, a canvas with paint on it is almost just, like people using what's available available to them you know at the time like especially people who you know don't have access to different kinds of mediums or just don't even know what they do they just know they want to make some fucking art what do I do I'm gonna paint something you know it's like the most easily accessible so I think that's true and I also think that's true like when you consider an art piece itself like I feel like it was in the same conversation we were having about fashion versus other forms of art and stuff in Phenomenology Club. Our Discord server, by the way, if any of you are not in there, get the fuck in there. It's only $1 a month. And you can also, like, leave and come back whenever the fuck you want if your debit card's gonna overdraw. So go to the Patreon and pay a dollar and get in our Discord and fight with us on voice chat. You can actually talk back in there. We throw down. We had a fight, actually. I just uploaded the video. Um, shit, what were we just saying? Fuck. Oh, yeah, talking about the pure, the art. I think that that's also true, like, within art pieces. I always talk about Rothko because, to be quite frank, 
He's really the only painter like I know that I like. I'm sure there's other painters out there that I would like. I just don't really care about painting. So like, I don't really know. You guys got any suggestions? Throw them at me. I mean, I went to art school for a long time. So I saw a lot of paintings by a lot of different people and they just don't speak to me. Just not into painting as a format, but I love Rothko. And part of why I love Rothko is because of what you just said, Cammy. And this idea that we're talking about, about how it's easier to appreciate art the more, not <laughs> pure. I wouldn't call it pure. That's definitely like weird language. It sounds kind of like creepy. But I think that, um, I think that ultimately art is a showcase of human skill and ability, right? And we do this by abstraction, like the mode of all art is abstraction. Literally all art, even, you know, photography, whatever. We're abstracting literal materials and presenting them or presentations, you know, like to talk about performance art. You're abstracting ideas and basically recontextualizing them and giving them back to the public to be judged for this presentation, this aesthetic mishmash you just made that you created with the purpose of being judged based on aesthetic criteria. How interesting is it, you know? And this is all done by way of abstraction. So I think that the less convoluted your piece is, really, the more potential you have to say something interesting about art. And for me, that's what makes the best art, because I think all art is, whether or not it realizes it, about art. <laughs> the best art is about art, because all art is about art. Art is about itself. This is something I say often. should probably do a whole other thing on it, but I believe this very much. You make art to be art. Art is created to be art. We want to make art. So how do you make art? by making art abstraction so you want to do something interesting the less convoluted it is the easier i think it will be for you to do something interesting sibimatrain answered i need to see this there was a culture that was born from the columbine and tumblr and stuff like that it's called columbiners yeah but aren't these like tumblr people that think the columbine shooters are hot like what is that's not art you know you might find artistic qualities in this cultural phenomena, and I don't think I would even, like, contest that, you know? I think pretty much all cultural phenomena, you know, it, a lot of it takes on very strong aesthetic, especially Columbine, you know, they had the trench coats. It was the first time, like, we really started to have, like, public panic over, like, school shootings. I don't know why. I think probably the media saw an opportunity to make a lot of money. Like, oh, we're gonna get Marilyn Manson on Fox News, and we're gonna get Michael Moore, and whatever the fuck. We're all gonna make a bunch of money off this, like, aesthetic. It's so aesthetic. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't call it art. <laughs> but it is an interesting question. I don't even know if I should be, like, entertaining this. I mean, I think that you're trying to fuck shit up, but this is an interesting idea, like, cultural phenomena as art. Um, if anyone saw the separating the art from the artist video on this channel, I talked about Gigi Allen and Charles Manson and how really, like, they're two people that are famous for doing something 
kind of. But what they did, I think, is not nearly as famous as just, like, their aesthetic, you know? If Charles Manson didn't have a fucking swastika on his forehead, all these girls with middle hair parts running around him, like, the whole thing with, like, you know, trying to frame the Black Panthers, like, everything about the murder... And the time period that it happened in, the people that were involved, all these various celebrities, you know, not even people that were just there, but the people who were almost there and like, you know, all of this. I think without all of these variables, Charles Manson would just be another fucking investigation Discovery Channel special, you know, like all of the aesthetic elements of the murder and what he looked like, his followers, all the celebrities involved. I think this was just the perfect recipe for becoming like an aesthetic cultural icon. But the murder in particular, I mean, it's not like that was so atrocious. You hear worse stories all the time. I'm not trying to say it wasn't terrible. I'm just trying to say like, you hear crazy shit all the time. Like people like, over here in fucking Manhattan chopping each other's heads off, you don't even find out about it until 10 years later, like, till they do the investigation discovery special, you know? I'm not trying to say the murder wasn't horrendous, but it's interesting how, like, certain things become transformed through the lens of culture to, like, take on these aesthetic properties that, like, catapult it, essentially, into further fame or fame in the first place i mean isn't this why we have a fucking reality tv star as president i blame the media i mean also of course like you know the things he was saying and continues to say definitely appeals to a group of people in america you know that relate to all the racism and shit but, like, when Donald Trump first came on the scene, it was like, I remember, it was like a joke. People were like, oh, Donald Trump, what? Let's check it out. Let's click. And then the media was like, oh, look at all these clicks we're getting whenever we co cover fucking Donald Trump running for president. Let's, like, keep covering it. Let's keep giving him airtime. Like, it's the fucking media's fault. And it's bullshit that we don't hold them accountable and also hold ourselves accountable for these fucking monsters we keep creating. I think the same is true for, like, mass shootings, you know? Do you think that there would be nearly as many mass shootings if, like, it weren't also true that we just, like, publicize the fuck out of them? I'm not saying that you shouldn't publicize them, but, like, how are we supposed to... We have to talk about, like, what the fuck we're supposed to do about this problem. I think people see mass shootings on TV and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna be a mass shooter. Or even people who aren't gonna be mass shooters, they're like, oh, I'm gonna, like, make my, my ex-girlfriend think I'm gonna be an ex-shooter. Like, I'm gonna, like, act like maybe I'll be a mass shooter. You know what I mean? Like, this, like, introduces all these these new variables now like it's like become like a cultural thing it's totally an aesthetic it's crazy just like when all of those um there was like a month or two month long period i feel like people were driving their cars into the sidewalks you know some of them were done like for isis or whatever but then there was also just like a handful of randos that just did it you know and I feel like it was because it almost caught on like a trend. Like, look at trends on social media, you know. You see a thing pop up a few times. If it pops up enough times, you see more and more people do it. Then if it keeps popping up, it becomes a trend, you know. I think the same is definitely true for, like, these kinds of things. Mass shootings, and I think for, like, the cars driving into the sidewalk, absolutely. It is aesthetic. But is art? <laughs> I would say no. 
<laughs> that's my answer. And the reason I say no is because if you remember, I don't know if you were here, but we already defined art. We already have a dictionary definition. Let me read it one more time. The conscious use of skill and creative imagination, especially in the production of aesthetic objects. Ooh, well, I did say especially in the production of. Hmm, 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 hmm. I mean, hmm, 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 hmm. I guess, like, if you commit an act of terrorism and you do it, like, with the purpose of, like, creating a spectacle, I mean, shit, Merriam Webster says it's art damn terrorism as art shit could be it could be you didn't hear from me i didn't say nothing it's an interesting idea but um you know that's not nice i mean if you're gonna like destroy something that's cool like i was saying earlier i love the guy who destroyed the venue he was supposed to play a show in but no one got hurt you know don't hurt people hurting people's lame go like no that's i'm I mean, don't do that. Why would you do that? Oh my God. YouTube, did you hear that? That's so fucked up. Don't touch art at the museum with the purpose of destroying it. Okay, let's wrap it up with a final question. We're, we're getting to 45 minutes. This mostly turned into a discussion about destroying art and what is art, which I'm, I'm really glad about. I think it goes with the Chris Burden picture. Like we put up the picture of Chris Burden and it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, okay, last question. I want you guys to answer me. You ready? I have a question for you. I'm about to facilitate the psyche of the next Unabomber. Hey, um, look, I'm not saying nothing about the Unabomber. <laughs> Only that, you know, there's a reason he has so many fans. Just saying. Um... Okay, my question for you. Can destroying art and destroying art with the purpose of creating this spectacle of destroying the art, can that be art? Is destroying art art? Give me an answer. Destroy that art! Destroy all the fucking art! Yeah! Charles Kenton says, Oh, hell yeah, that's right, Charles. Tell us why. Why is destroying art also art? Tell them. Tell them, Charles. <laughs> oh, sorry. There's no compressor on this shit, so it's probably like a spooky movie. I should... I should rate... This podcast is rated PG-13 for jump scares. Dylan, very much so. Cami, oh, yes, because it's a spectacle. Dylan, Peter Draws talked about this. Who the fuck is Peter Draws? I'll destroy his art, too. Tuesday, yes. He tattooed cheese and then ate it. Oh, come on, please. That's not destroying art. It doesn't count if you made it in the first place. Jesus. Jenny, Banksy did it after he sold it. It doesn't count if you made the art. That's some pussy shit. You gotta de destroy someone else's art. Plastic, if I skydive into a canvas and kill myself and the blood adds better detail to the art piece. 
This is some like experimental fucking <laughs> death Pollock dive. Oh god, someone's gonna do that. You shouldn't have ever put that idea into the world. Someone's gonna hear this and be like, oh my god, that's beautiful. Tuesday, there is intent and expression behind it. It evokes an emotion, so yes. Wow, Tuesday, so would you say that terrorism is also art? Because terrorism has intent and expression behind it and evokes an emotion using an aesthetic, so shit. Cammy, so then public death is art. Oh my god, guys! Plastic, yes. Charles Kenton, because like you said, it's a spectacle. Damn, I can't believe this is the conclusion we're coming to. Feels good though, right? Love it. I also think that destroying art is art. So. Oh, oh, we gotta know. Ghost. Ghost 666 says no. How satanic of you. You're like Lucifer, the light bringer. Dissenting against our authority. What say you, Ghost 666? Why is destroying art not art? Tell us. Tell us. Please. Cameo, what about the guy that lit himself on the fire at the White House lawn? Yeah, I mean, I think that was art, right? It existed to be an aesthetic. Okay, but wait, this is the big... This is the big question, I think. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. This is this is a good... I just had an idea. I just had an idea. I think it's gonna throw a wrench into our machine. Oh my god, Dylan, calm down. Okay, Ghost666 says, Columbine was a spectacle and I don't categorize it as art. I don't either. But, we were just talking about whether or not certain acts of public i mean it could be violence it could be non-violence but public displays of a thing whether or not these could be art you know but but i think like we were talking about earlier for a thing to be considered art it has to exist not only with because it was created to be a spectacle but in my opinion and let me know if you agree or not but the ultimate goal of the art piece should be for the thing to be the the ultimate priority of the piece is simply to be judged for its aesthetic qualities, right? And a thing like Columbine or an act of terror doesn't exist to be judged for its aesthetic. The aesthetic that follows from these things I think is largely incidental. But Columbine happened because these people went in with a purpose to kill people. Even if they, you know, had delusions of grandeur. Well, I wouldn't even call them delusions because they fucking became crazy famous. And look at the kind of cultural things that they inspired. You know, they didn't do that because they wanted to make a statement necessarily. Maybe they did want to make a statement, but everything we do makes a statement, right? At least in the realm of other people. You might as well say every statement statement you ever utter to anyone else every sentence you speak is a work of art you know but i think that art exists for the purpose of being art you know so that throws a wrench into our machine and now is making me reconsider this destroying art question because if we're destroying art to be a spectacle 
and that makes it art. I don't think that being a spectacle is enough to make it art. It has to be an, a, a spectacle that exists for the purpose of being judged for its aesthetic, you know? But, oh, this is so difficult. But isn't what's so great about destroying art the aesthetic? Why else do we love destroying art? I can't even fully put into words the kind of joy I feel <laughs> when art is destroyed in front of me. What am I enjoying if not this spectacle? But am I judging it on that criteria? This is crazy. I can't even think about this. Just like all of these acts of, you know, public terror we interact with, it's like the person doesn't think, well, we're not the intended audience, though. Oh, God, this is so hard. Fuck. Jenny, isn't destroying someone's art pretty malicious? Could be. Definitely could be. I mean, what if you're destroying it, though, because you love it? I mean, it seemed like a few people related to my idea of, like, I want to destroy it. I wouldn't destroy someone's art, like, if they literally just made it. But, like, imagine punching the Mona Lisa. Like, I feel like Da Vinci would be into that, honestly. Like, if Da Vinci was alive now, Da Vinci was pretty cool, like, gotta say. More I learn about the guy, cool guy. I feel like Da Vinci would be into it if one of us punched the Mona Lisa. Just throwing that out there. Like, it would be okay if they were a Nazi or something, Jenny says. Would it? I mean, shit. Heidegger was a Nazi. Everyone punch your copy of Being in Time. That's just kind of a work of art, right? I don't really consider it like a great philosophy. We're not going to talk about him today. Tuesday. It depends on who and why. Everything is subjective, yes. It's not whether it's condoned or not. Inflicting harm on humans, no. Destroying items depends on why. Everything is subjective. Jenny, the priority of the piece should be to make you feel something. In parentheses, actor's opinion. What do you mean actor's opinion? Like you're speaking about a, like a acting as art? I don't think that the purpose of art needs to be to make you feel something. I mean, I don't know if you guys relate to this, but for me... All of the works of art that I love the most don't even, like, really evoke some, like, incredibly... I mean, I would say I do have an emotional response, but not an emotional response, like, that's easily identified, you know? It's more just, like, pure excitement, and it's usually because I find the piece, like, interesting, you know? Like I was saying before, Rothko, the only painter I, like, really like. I don't see his paintings, I'm like, oh my god, I just want to cry. I'm just like, wow, I love this. I love that I'm standing in the MoMA, that this costs like six fucking million dollars. Actually, I hate that. But like, I just love everything about the experience. It's like, this is just a fucking, he just put, he just put paint on the canvas. And he's like, yeah, dude, that's it. That's it. That's what paintings really is, bro. It's just vibes. There's no point in painting people. Paint just looks good, bro. Colors look good. We like to look at it. Look, you spent centuries trying to fucking paint girls with pearl earrings. Look at this shit, bro. Check this out. Boom. <laughs> like what? I love it. And I don't love it even. I mean, it is conceptual in that way. And I think that's the icing on the cake. But I also love it like as a visceral experience. Like you're pretty much when you're up front in front of a Rothko, it's just like color, dude. It's great. I mean, if it was tiny, I would probably say it fucking sucks. It's not about the image itself. It's everything about it. It's, like, definitely very 
much it's their success depends on the materiality of the pieces like Rothko's pieces are big enough that if you stand close to them you know you're just kind of like immersed in the color bro it's just vibes it's just vibes and isn't that what art is bro vibes vibes we're just vibing out we're seeing color and it feels good we hear music it feels good and you know since art is by definition a thing created by another human I think what's ultimately, for me, so enjoyable about thinking about art, once I get past the vibes part, is admiring the intelligence of my human peers, you know? Like, wow, what a great idea. And did you really, like, I love wondering about the intentionality behind all the different decisions, especially, you know, the things I'm unsure about. Like, I feel like that's so much of judging art. Like, did they mean to do that? Because I love that, but I can't even tell if they did that on purpose, you know? Hence the Mr. Bean scene, what? Destroyer vibes. Well, <clears throat> Caitlin. Oh, hello, Caitlin. I didn't see you earlier. Caitlin says, I think it's it always just depends. It's so hard for me to decide whether or not it's art to destroy because I just feel like in different circumstances, it is and it isn't. Caitlin, I think you're absolutely correct. And this is like what it all boils down to, really. You know, I think certain instances of anything can probably be described as art. But for the most part, you know, I don't think we're going to find much success trying to like generalize these arguments. It's fun as fuck. And I think when the time comes, my comrades, for us to make a decision about whether or not a thing is art will be better equipped because we have these kinds of conversations um but end of the day yeah like i'm sure um you know a public spectacle that is violent could maybe be said i don't even want to say that let's say violent against property you know we're talking about the unabomber a lot of people that are like humanitarians themselves actually like stand the unabomber just saying like you know why i think it's because a lot of what he did i mean what he did was drastic but you know it was a spectacle and a spectacle that many people believe like you know had some kind of interesting ideas behind it um but you know i don't think that means like every everything i'm not saying the unabomber was art okay but you know i'm not saying it's not art either like i think that everything like caitlin said is circumstantial there will probably be circumstances where a thing might be considered art that is like often not considered art for that thing you know same for anything you know like like we were talking about chairs earlier Someone, I'm sure many people have made sculptures that are also chairs, you know? But does your, does your thing ultimately exist to be a sculpture or a chair? A chair really is a sculpture, you know? If I make this chair and put it in a gallery, because I'm like, dude, this is my chair I made as art, then shit, I said it's art, it's art, you know? It's in a gallery, it's art. But ultimately, like, does it really map onto anything? No, it's like back to, like, when we were saying that art, oftentimes ends up being a word almost like good it's like that's a good man that's a good 
piece of pizza. Like, what is good? Nothing, really, you know? Art is like, yeah, sure. It's a little art. It's not art. Actually, art, I think, is kind of... Art is comparable to, like, a color, too, you know? Art is green. And sometimes when we start, the green starts becoming more yellow, we're going to start being like, I don't know, is it yellow? Is it green? I don't know. Does it really fucking matter? No, because we all can see it, you know? <laughs> we all understand with the other person saying it. Yeah, I see the yellow. Yeah, I see the green. That's the, that's the limitation of words. But I'll pose this question to you because it's almost been an hour, so I have to get out of here. I'll, I'll make some homework. Come back to me with ideas if you have them. I want to hear it. Um. Do you think that. Because all of these concepts are created with language. And that's the only way we have to navigate these concepts together. And obviously language is finite. And we're ultimately coming to this conclusion. Like yeah you know sometimes sometimes not whatever. Do you. Can you think of any way in which we can remedy this reality you know. Think about this. This is your phenomenology homework. Is there any way we could create a better language or choose to redefine certain words to make this area of confusion a little less confused? Because that is the challenge of doing philosophy. Trying to come up with better ways to think about stuff. So... If we're coming to a conclusion like, yeah, maybe sometimes, sometimes not, it seems to me like maybe there's a better way to think about this shit. So think about it. Thanks to everyone for talking with me. I'm scared to listen to this. Like, FBI's outside, whatever. What's up, FBI? We're artists. Leave us alone. We're not doing anything. We're just having fun and talking about it. Okay? Okay? Be nice to other people. Other people rule. You all rule. Love you all. Again, make sure you subscribe on Spotify. Also on Google Podcasts and some bullshit named Breaker or Beaker. Some bullshit. Uh, Spotify's linked in here. I'll link the Anchor thing as well. It's in the description. Anyway, have a great weekend. Knowing myself, I'll probably like be back tomorrow or something. Who fucking knows? Sooner than later. Be safe, everyone. Goodbye.